everybody. I'm Ronnie. Hello, and I'm Jenny, and we are here together. Still. Yeah, again, yeah. Still. <laughs> All these weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and we are so happy to be together. We are. So we actually got to talking after our last podcast mm-hmm. uh, about layers of hiding mm-hmm. what's going on in families. Yes. And... um and so that, that got us to thinking about the dynamics of gaslighting, the di- the triangular communication, how that continues to operate. And so we thought it was a good uh, time to talk about that, all the different ways in which abusers can um, manipulate the family as a whole, but then the individual ma- members of the family to try to create an, a narrative create situations that allow them to continue to be abusive. And to hold their power and and their control. Mm -hmm. It's all about maintaining their power and control over the whole system. System. Yeah, exactly. But it, but it's at the the most basic level, you know, we've talked in the, in past podcasts and in our book about how nobody knew it was going on in our family. Close friends, my close friends growing up didn't know. No. Um, other, I, I don't believe other members of our family knew the extent of the abuse that was happening. Oh, no. In our, I mean, they certainly, they certainly didn't beat us in front of anybody. Oh, no. They used to always say, wait till we get home. And the yelling and screaming and rampages, they never did that in front of anyone else. Yeah. That was... Yeah, the berating. That was at home. That sort of thing, yeah. So there's, there's that level... Um, but then there's what's happening on the inside and the extent to which um, n- all members of the family aren't necessarily aware of the extent of the abuse that other members of the family are experiencing. Because all members are not, are not equal. Each, each child in particular plays right. a different role. Right. And so there's, we talk about in our book, we talked about isolating within the home um but e- even more so it's it's isolating in that we were treated quite differently when we were each alone as even as adults mhm we were there was i knew that when when you came to visit our parents were going to be on their best behavior i knew that yeah i knew that there was they were not likely to yell scream or curse or call names at me in particular, mm-hmm. in front of you. Right. Because, and, and the more aware through my counseling and the more healthy I was becoming, the more angry I would, I would get and depressed during the visits because I realized they were treating you so incredibly differently than they treated me when I was alone. Right. Well, but they also, yeah, they treat, they both, they treated me better than they treated you, just generally speaking, but they also treated you much better when I was around, which meant they were capable of doing that. Exactly. And they just chose not to when exactly. you, when I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so it's, 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 um, you know, again, the, these two dynamics kind of come to mind. There's this sort of gaslighting that's going on of you. It's because they're treating you night and day. 
uh, differently in I'm different too circumstances. Sensitive. I'm making things up <clears throat> right. as the scapegoat. It was all me. Right. Um, that there was nothing wrong with them. There was nothing wrong with right. they get what along they with, said or what they did. With me. They got along fine with you. They got along right. fine with our brother. Right. So that was all. I mean, their, their definition, their definition of, fine. of fine. Exactly. Right. Not that they weren't still hurting us in different ways, but they certainly weren't just openly hostile, berating, ugly to me or to our brother. Oh, never. In the way that they were to you. Not that I witnessed, They would, I would be say. snide. They would be manipulative. They would, you know, undermine us in, in certain ways, but not just openly volatile, raging hostility. And then the triangular communication that we've talked about in other circumstances comes into play here because um, as things escalated with them and they got they got worse and worse in their behavior toward you, that was when that was the same time frame that you and I started talking to each other directly. Yes. And we've said before that that was just the worst that thing for our mother in particular. It was the beginning of the end. Because they couldn't hide. keep me from knowing. They couldn't hide it anymore. Right. They couldn't keep me from knowing what was going on. Our brother didn't care. He no. frankly didn't care. Yeah. But um But I I was no longer silent in at least with you. Mm-hmm. I was starting to break the silence and tell you what was happening. Right. And the and the amazing part was that you totally believed me. You never once said, oh, Jenny, are you sure you're not being overly sensitive? Are you sure you're not? You never did that. From that visit we had together when when our kids were little, when our our babies were. Just you and me and our two girls. When when we truly broke through the denial for the first time. Yeah. From that moment on, you, you never, you never doubted me. And, and I. I took that huge risk to be vulnerable with you, and then I kept taking the risk to be vulnerable with you and to be totally raw and honest, and and you totally supported me in that. You you respected and honored my vulnerability, and that is what massively accelerated both of our healing journeys. Which is really interesting because that's what the research says, that's what the data says, it's like, it takes so much for somebody, and I didn't know this at the time, right? I mean, I wasn't coming from that standpoint at that time. But that's what they say is when somebody comes forward and discloses what happens, you, if they are not believed, right? If they are poo-pooed or if they're told they're exaggerating or they're too sensitive or all those kinds of things. Um, Minimizing statements. Yeah, they're, they're, they are almost certainly going to clam up and not take that risk again, at least not for a very long time. So it's, um, yeah, it's really important, but it's, it's, it cannot be overstated. Yeah. It cannot be overstated how important it is to believe someone when they, when they disclose that they're being harmed by someone else. But it, it just is, um, it again highlights for me how, how abusers will just continue to keep abusing and will continue to use the same dynamics and will, I mean, the, it I was doesn't in my matter. Mid-20s. Yeah. I was, right. I was married. I, right. I was trying to develop, you know, I was a right. mother and, and it didn't matter. I was, I was dirt under their feet to be kicked around however they saw fit. Well, and it was, it was just, yeah, it was just as if we were children again and, and they thought they could 
keep us separated and keep the stories, you know, keep telling different people different stories yeah. to um, uh, to remain in control, essentially. And so, you know, people are now familiar with the term gaslighting. They use it a lot in talking about um, uh, trauma, uh, relationships that are that are marked by trauma. And that's really what it is, because they would tell you you're too sensitive, you're you know not capable of making your own decisions, or you know they would tell you all of these things. Yeah, that I was incompetent all the time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't capable of of discerning what reality was. I mean, it it was it was a constant or making good decisions for yourself, Absolutely. or you know, right. right? You shouldn't have gotten married to Matt. You shouldn't have had children. Yeah. All of these things, and it can be so so easy to just remain under. To just cave under all yeah, that pressure. Right, right, to cave from the pressure, exactly. And I just felt like we needed to emphasize that point again. We needed to to talk about these dynamics because they're so common, the, the separating people, the telling them different stories, the making sure they don't talk to each other. Uh, that is so very important. And then the whole... To um, maintaining the, the cycle. Right. And then I guess I had, when we were talking after the, our last podcast conversation, I had really not thought a lot about how different mom and dad were with you when I was around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was dramatic. Definitely. It was really dramatic. Night and day. And that's, huh. see, and, and honestly, that's what kept me thinking for so long that I could do something to help because they didn't show me that level of ugliness. And so to me, they seemed capable of being reached via rational thought, Mm -hmm. right? So it had multiple purposes the way they behaved, right? It continued to keep you in the scapegoat, give you, make you um, the psychic dumping ground for all of their pain. And, um, and it allowed me to continue to feel like things were not that bad. It's not that bad, Jane. We can, no, I, <laughs> we can I never said, I never no, no, said no. that to no, you. No, I know that. I but never I mean, said that to you. No, I know you I didn't. said, I, I think we can talk to them. We can sit down together. We can calmly talk to them. And we tried. We tried a number of times. And it wasn't until, and we talked about this, you know, in another podcast that, and in our book, that time we went to the airport and dad was too drunk to drive before noon. And, and he just was ugly to your daughter yelling in her face, telling her he didn't like her. You're not your year and a half old daughter. And, um, that was probably the first time you saw him. Like it was the first time I saw him do that. It was the first time I saw him do that. And so it was because they didn't maintain that separateness, right? They didn't, he didn't contain his ugliness. So they didn't show in front of me. It was like, Okay. And that was just, I know that was just a a taste, a touch of what you had been experiencing. But once I saw that, it, it took me a few months to come to grips with it, but it was over. I think it's harder when you hear about it, even though I was disclosing to you Mm -hmm. and telling you what was going on. It's so much more difficult when you experience it, of course, and it and it's and you were really. I, I mean, I, I I'm not, you know, I'm not blaming you 
for trying to hold the family together, you know, longer. And, and I was trying to stay in, I think in part, I was trying to stay in because I didn't want to risk my relationship with you, Mm. honestly, to Mm. be quite honest, as we're unpacking this more, I'm sure that was part of my motivation. It was like, okay, I've got Ronnie on my side. We're, we're, we have this friendship. I, 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 I'm going to keep trying. You know, I think I stayed in it longer because I wanted to keep trying for you. Well, I know that I know that that's true because you said several times over the course of like six to nine months before we actually made the break, I, I can't do this anymore. You said those words to me several times. I can't do this anymore. I can't keep coming back for more of this. Like, please just let me help. But of course, I wasn't right there. So, it, you know, and I'm not, I don't have any illusions that this would have worked. But um, if I had been there, and we could have had some repeated conversations, you know, then that might have made a little more sense. But because I was, at that point, I was living overseas because um, my husband was in the service. So I was home once a year, yeah. twice a year, maybe at the very best. I think maybe only, yeah, I think I might have come home twice that year um, to visit you guys. And, you know, I just, it didn't, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous of me to to continue to ask you to stay in that. But it really was, seeing it that and just a just a a moment right it was it was 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 not the worst of what you experienced it was seeing it and so that's why hiding is so powerful that's why the keeping people apart to the triangle communication the gaslighting it's not that bad i'm not really hurting you you're overly sensitive you're exaggerating all of that stuff is really really effective it can take a really long time and for some people, they never will break out of it. Yeah. You know, they just, they're just stuck in it. They're crushed by it. Yeah. Especially if they don't have an ally, somebody who believes them. Um, and it might, you know, in some cases it might be a spouse who just says, you don't deserve this. You can't, you can't keep going there. You can't, you know, you can't do it. Um, but, you know, for us, it was the sibling relationship that that did it. And so that's why. That's one of the things that it's one of the reasons we are writing our books. We keep keep doing this podcast because we think we have something different to offer to the conversation on childhood trauma because lots of people are talking about childhood trauma and abuse and recovery now. But what we don't hear people talking about is what it does to sibling relationships and how key a sibling can be to healing. Absolutely. Right. We've said over and over again that having each other dramatically accelerated our recovery process. Yes. And so, um, we're just going to keep talking as long as you seven (laughs) people out there are willing to listen to what we have to say. Once we run out of things to say, I guess we'll do something else, but, um, it's just, it's so insidious. There's so many ways in which Dynamics of abuse in your family of origin undermine you, squash you, um, squash can squash the very life out of you. I mean, thank God you were pursuing counseling and had as much counseling as you did, and um, you know were able to stand up enough for yourself that you could get out, that you could feel safe to tell me what was going on. And you know, I mean, anything that you can do for yourself in that circumstance builds your strength and your resolve, and eventually your ability to get out. Yeah. With or without the help of a sibling. Yeah. Yeah, the one-two punch of addiction and abuse together is just, it's like trying to climb a mountain 
Yeah. On your, on your hands and knees, barefoot. I mean, it's just, it, it is, it is tough. You can do it, mm-hmm. but it is tough. And having the support of a sibling who can collaborate some of your memories and, and validate. Yep. That really happened. It really happened. And it was really, really that bad. It really was that bad. Yeah. Is, um, wow, does that catapult your healing process? I mean. So our message continues to be. so important. Yeah. yeah. If you think you have a sibling who might be open to hearing your perspective on how you see your family and what you think went down and what you experienced, um, we encourage you to reach out to them. Yeah, take that risk to be vulnerable and honest. It is, it's worth it. It could be, right? You don't know what the response is going to be. Yeah. And maybe it'll take more than one attempt. Because you you tried to say things to me a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready to call dad an alcoholic yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, even though I could see the dynamics, like I was the first one to say you were the, you're the scapegoat. You were the first one to say dad was an alcoholic. Um, so yeah, as we've always said, stumbling along, dragging each other (laughs) from time to time when necessary. So yeah, this, those, those dynamics are powerful. And far reaching. Yes. And they don't stop. Abusers won't stop wielding the power and control they have to hurt their family members until they're stopped in some way. They come to their senses. They're not able to do it anymore, or you exit. Mm-hmm. Don't give them the opportunity. So, so we we hope that we felt called to talk about this. So we hope that it's helpful for someone out there. Yes, we do. And if you have any thoughts, comments, or um, any topics that you would like us to address, please feel free to reach out to us at info at Ronnie and Jenny, R-O-N-N-I-A-N-D-J-E-N-N-I-E dot com. Yes. And until you do, until we hear from you, or until next time, (laughs) we are wishing you so much love and light. And so many, many blessings. Be well. Be well.